But yeah, uh, this week was first off. I I want to address what happened with Astro World. Uh, I don't know anybody who was there personally. I don't know anybody who was there per. Yeah, I don't know anybody who was there personally. But having seen the the videos and pictures, it's just horrific to look at. And wanted to give a moment of silence to those who unfortunately passed away because of uh, the chaos ensued. All right, so, yeah, just horrific just to hear about what happened there. And, again, it just relates back. I mean, it reminds me of crazy concerts that you just hear about in the past. And and this, the more stuff you hear about it now, it's just, it, it is kind of haunting to hear and stuff like that, too. And. Not haunting, but well, haunting and also horrifying to uh, to uh, to read and stuff like that too. So yeah. Uh, so picking up on the first story of this week actually relates back to the previous story that we actually talked about. Just ah, we finally got a cat on everything. Oh no, actually, this is Scarlet. She's a very tiny little puppy. Oh, nice. You got a puppy. I, I don't know if you heard her making any uh, background noises. So it's like yeah, now I was unmuting like, myself because I'm like she keeps making a lot of noises because she like you know kind of wants attention. Yeah, this uh, today has just been like uh, how do we do a podcast today without something going off or something in the background. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, uh, so the first story I want to talk about this week it actually relates back to the previous story that we kind of ended off last week was. Last week we were just we were talking about how Ice Cube wasn't going to star in a uh, Jack Black comedy movie called Oh Hell No. And he's going to be losing a $9 million payout because he doesn't want to take up a COVID vaccine. Because of uh, COVID, because of vaccination mandates, especially going into uh, film, especially going into films now. And that goes straight into TV shows now, too, whereas we found out over the past few days that Emilio Estevez was fired from the Mighty Ducks season, the, the Mighty Ducks show for not taking the uh, vaccine, uh, vaccine mandate. Basically, he wasn't interested in taking the, uh, yeah, he just wasn't interested in taking the um, COVID um, vaccine. Yeah, the COVID vaccine or something like that. And Disney, Disney was like, you know what? You're gone. You're fired. So, yeah. The the uh, that is just interesting to hear because uh, when you think of Emilio Estevez, you think, oh, he's probably the uh, the good brother compared to uh, Charlie Sheen, and you know, Charlie Sheen's crazy uh, crazy wise, you know, craziness that that is Charlie Sheen. And then you have Martin Sheen just like just trying to keep everybody together, Shane and all that stuff. But 
You would think. I mean, the West was, would be the same one and the more reasonable one, but yeah, apparently, uh, Emilio Estevez won't get his shot because he doesn't want, he just doesn't want to, uh, just get one of, apparently. Although I'm trying to get, uh, although I'm trying to remember what the exact reason was. So, Hayden, what is your take on Emilio Estevez not getting his, uh, COVID mandated vaccine shot or I think it's just for the same reasons why other people won't do it. Like, it's just ridiculous, people. All right? Like, you get flu shots. We literally created vaccines to cure diseases. We cured freaking polio because of vaccines. Why, for some reason, people don't want to get a vaccine now? Just, again, it just further ties back into so much, like, BS that gets that's been getting spread around. And so many people just willingly to believe it. Because, honestly, we as a society have just become so dumbed down that we just simply trust information sources that validate our own belief structure instead of just being objective. So, like, it's like when people say, oh, well, a vaccine could be harmful. Literally dying from COVID is way more harmful than getting the COVID vaccine. It's like, oh, there's a microchip in it. Yeah, throw your phone in the ocean and see how long that survives for like an hour in the water. And and if you're putting a microchip in your body, that's going to be going through your blood, which is da 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 a liquid. And how long do you think it's going to survive in there? Not long. And of course, like I said before, we carry our phones. We carry technology with us all the time anyway. So it's like we're already being tracked anyway. Literally every excuse they come up with to not get a vaccine is just, it, it's just, I don't know, thinly veiled BS, essentially. And then the one that really I think is the weirdest one, religious exemption, like religious beliefs. Like, okay. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, are you doing that for every single thing? Are you going to let your kid get polio now because you don't want to get vaccines? Because if one vaccine goes against your religious mandate, then technically all vaccines should. And if that's the case, what is wrong with you? Okay, so I was actually way wrong about him get, not getting the vaccine, uh, vaccination. So I'm reading from Deadline News, and I had it looked up to see what was go- going on with Emilio Estevez, and Emilio Estevez put out a statement on why he's not returning. So the actor says the exit was more of a result with nothing more of a good old-fashioned uh, contract dispute, as well as myriad of con- uh, creative difficulty, uh, creative differences. And apparently he also revealed that he was stricken with COVID uh, throughout, uh, throughout the summer and fall of 2012, 2012, 2020, from what he, from what we known as the long haul syndrome. Hmm. At first, becoming symptomatic at the end of shooting the pilot of the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, despite uh, despite taking precautions. Hmm. So I was way off. Okay, uh, the reason why apparently, from what I've, it may be because Disney is more or less requiring. Okay. Here's more of it. Uh, he takes his like on COVID vaccinations clear by stressing he is not anti-vax, but he's just anti-bully. 
and telling his franchise fans that I am just as disappointed as you are. Uh, basically, the producers, AM, ABC Signatures, or ABC Signature, who produces the show, decided not to pick up Estevez's option for season two after weeks of back and forth with his team and that Estevez, through his reps, is declined to provide insurance, assurances that he would comply with the show's new policy of requiting COVID vaccinations for the crew and cast in Zone A. While he does not address whether his team assured the studio that the actor would comply with the new mandate, he has affirmed that the creative differences were at heart of the contract dispute, which ultimately led to his exit. So what I'm hearing is basically uh, he one of the things that Estevez didn't want to do was take, you know, get a uh, COVID, you know, COVID, man- the, the mandated COVID shot. But also at the same time, he had uh, problems dealing with uh, the great people behind the show. So it definitely feels like. The, yeah, the wording of it though is a little confusing though, because it's like saying he's not anti-vax, but anti-bully, but it essentially sounds like he, it's, it, it just still sounds like it's coming back to not wanting to let people know if you're vaxxed or not. And it's like, why, though? Yeah, like, and who, who, does it, who does it hurt? It doesn't hurt you if you let the people you work with know. Because I think of any in this day and age, you can't simply just trust someone at their word because their word doesn't mean anything these days. So it's like you actually have to have facts so that we can verify that, yes, you are not going to risk getting someone sick and probably dead. Okay, so apparently uh, it was kind of stressful to work there because, and this is his statement, as the show went back, because he's talking about how at March he got, essentially he, you know, he got a COVID and, that was right at the start of COVID and everything. So I suffered the summer and fall of 2020 from what we know as the long haul syndrome. As the show went back into production in August, so because of I get you know because of uh, COVID and everything, every, everything was shut down, and then they went like all the shows kind of like went back on August. So yeah, I reluctantly shouldered on, but uns- was uncertain. About how I will be safe on set, I questioned the wisdom of returning to make a TV show in the middle of a pandemic and how actors were considered essential workers. He does have a point because there was there was a lot of shows that kind of like rushed right back into the the swing of things to without really uh that you know when all these shows were finishing around say February March April ish because of you know whatever episodes they were able to film. During yeah. that time, mm-hmm. I you know he does he does bring up a very point is like how safe will I be on set when there wasn't that many uh, mandates originally, especially going into August because on August that you know there was a whole strict system of you know six feet apart and we all remember that uh, Tom Cruise thing that happened on the set of MI. Seven, I believe, MRA. Yeah, MI, MI7, yeah. 
either MI7 or MRA, because I know they were filming it back to back or something back to back. Yeah. That he basically lost his, you know, lost his shit because, you know, these co-workers, I mean, these set members were just too close together. And, and he's, you know, he's not only the producer, not only the star, but he's also the producer and the head of his own production company. Mm-hmm. The show's producers just try their best to assure, to assure my fears to come back to for, uh, work. You have a, nat- a natural immunity. You'll be the safest one on set. He was repeatedly, I was repeatedly told. Additionally, I was warned by my former reps about possibly about possible consequences and legal jeopardy I could face when not reporting to work as ordered. So I returned to Vancouver. I followed the Canadian quarantine mandate as well as the strict zone A on set COVID protocols. I did not complain, nor did I release my diagnosis to the public. I wanted to try and preserve the show's morale and be a leader. However, I was still suffering from long haul syndrome the legacy of the franchise was more important than my own health. In retrospect, I chose wrong to protect the show over being transparent of having con, you know, contracted, contracted COVID. I may have provided another public example to wit to how we are all vulnerable to this disease. We quoted anomalous sources, producers, and showrunners all know the truth. Simply put, I am anti-bully. My exit to the show was a myriad of creative difficulties, as well as narrat- as any other narrative is false. To the fans of the franchise, I am disappointed as you are. To my Ducks cast and crew, have a wonderful season two. Please know I miss you all. It was an honor. Yeah, from the sound of things, it does sound like it's weird because he's talking about how Uh, it does sound like he had like a natural ab- abrasion or affliction to saying, I don't want to return to a show where it's like I was still suffering from uh, mm-hmm. effects of my uh, of getting having COVID and the show yeah. really did, and the producers really, really weren't uh, allowing me to do much in terms of, you know, much in due to, hey, you know. I did, you know, I'm doing a show and at the same time, I'm also suffering through this, uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, I'm also suffering through the drug, uh, the, the long haul, the long haul syndrome, as he puts it. And he's, you know, he's still suffering from the, um, the side effects and everything. And yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, like even like after you've had COVID, like there's a possibility that you can essentially have what is called long COVID where it's like, Whereas, like, even though the initial COVID is, you know, is gone, you still could have a lot of remnant stuff that's just yeah. messed up your system inside. Like your lungs, yeah. for example. Like, for instance, like, my mom got COVID um, a while back. And, like, when she coughs, she kind of feels a pain, like, in one of her lungs, essentially. Yeah. and So it's like, yeah, COVID can really... It can really have a lot of long-lasting stuff, and it's like we're only going to end up finding out more about all these long-lasting, like remnants and side effects of getting COVID, like years later. And I remember who, who was it? I think Brian Cranston said he contracted COVID, and he still hasn't. He may still not have regained the sense of a smell or something like that, or he had a long time before he regained the sense of a smell, something like that, because. Mm-hmm. Or, or 
I know that people who have who gotten COVID, especially, you know, they still have like the the side effects and everything like that. But from yeah. from from what I'm reading, it just sounds like you know he was more worried about his health and more worried about being worked, like not necessarily overworked, but just like worked to a point of you know, oh, you know, it's. Mm-hmm. It also sounded like he was worried about letting, you know, his fellow, um, yeah. you know, actors, co-workers, crew down and the, letting the fans down as well. Because, you know, my guess yes. is like, you know, I'm not that familiar with it, but it certainly has its, you know, popularity. And the fact that it did come back, like, basically similar to how um, Cobra Kai is essentially just a comeback of Karate Kid. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like I can understand that, like, you know, you want to make the fans happy. You want to you know, be there for your crew and your fellow actors and so forth. But yeah, it's like, at the end of the day, you do got to put your health first because if you're not, you are going to put, you're putting yourself at risk and you are putting others at risk. And also, yeah. and, and now, and now hearing the full context, the story makes so much more sense now. Yeah. Although I'm just still trying to figure out why he's still not getting uh, a COVID uh, vaccination shot, even though he is stressing that he is not anti-vax, he's just anti-bully. So is he just not, get, you know, from well, it, could, our, it could be what they told, it could be what they told him, like, because from what you read in the story, it sounded like he was told he has natural immunity, which, yeah. one, that's a load of crap, because yeah. natural immunity can only last for, like, maybe a month or so if you're lucky. Like, no one's going to be naturally immune to COVID because you can get it again. Like the flu, you're not just naturally immune to the flu. You can get it again at a later point in time. That's why we have vaccines. Oh yeah, and so it's like I, so I feel like he might have been. I feel like he was probably misled because of that, because of what someone told him about the possibility of natural immunity, and that's oh, yeah. probably why he might not be like, you know, getting a vaccine, or maybe he did get a vaccine. And he doesn't want to disclose it for whatever reason. Yeah. Because maybe he yeah. got so frustrated with Disney or whatever, I guess. I don't know. It's, it is it is odd, to say the least. Right. Uh, Disney, for 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 what it's worth, a lot of people have, you know, uh, I wouldn't say backhanded Disney, but, you know, Scarlett Johansson, just this past summer, was shooing Disney over Black Widow shells and stuff like that, too, because she didn't agree how it was released, both on streaming and both on... I mean, both in both streaming and both in theaters, uh, both as a theater option. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, uh, so, so yeah, uh, I do. I, I, you know, reading what he said and reading, you know, what he was going through. I, I, I you know, Emilio, if you are listening to this, I am so sorry for saying that you weren't a good brother. You are still a good brother. It's just I did not realize the. The uh, the state of what you were just talking about because I did not know you were suffering with COVID and stuff like that too. So apologies, Emilio Estevez. Still... Hayden also apologizes as well for his statements, and yes. I now say that. And now my statements should just be seen as just a more general in terms of yes. anti-vax related people. Yes, uh, but yeah, it, it is weird how there are actors, but it, it still goes into our previous. A story from last week how there are going to be actors who are just going to be like, no, I'm just going to not going to, I'm not going to work on this one because they're, they're, they're forcing a mandate on all this stuff. And, you know, 
first off, you know, top shit. You know, I, I work in a, mm-hmm. you know, I, we both work in yeah. an industry that is a industry, you know, I'm not working, you know, currently I'm not working as an actor. You know, I want to, I want to work as an actor, but currently I still have the same uh, fears that Amelia was just talking about, you know, you know, even though someone who was just, you know, what if one of the cast members was stricken with COVID, like maybe a month or two beforehand, you know, it's like, oh, I was stricken with COVID. I have this shot already. I'm good. You know, that's still, is, you know, that still is a a thing. So, and what happens, you know, I come home from set one day, not feeling so well. Go to the doctor saying, "Oh, yeah, you uh, you have COVID." You know, it's like it just goes to show you, it's like how fast this thing really does work, even with all the precautions and all that stuff goes with. And yeah, it, it definitely feels like. Uh, In a Disney group of twenty, is, all it takes is one person not being yeah. careful. And, but yeah. And if there are, and there are still probably like actors who will, who will refuse to get a, a vaccination shot because they feel like, oh, you know, my body, my choice. And first off, that's, you know, first off, how dare you saying it, you know, using a, uh, my body, my choice type of stance when that's like, especially, that's for something else entirely. Mm-hmm. Especially you know. when the part, especially when the certain kind of people who tend to like use this expression for not getting vaccine are the same people who don't let people have a choice over their body when it comes to abortions. So yeah. it's not their body, their choice then when it comes to that, even though that is something in their body. Or they feel like it's it's not free for getting a, a vaccination shot. And again, as I said, you know, tough shit, but we are living in an industry where we entertain people for a living. And how can we not entertain people in, for a living when there are, you know, clowns, COVID idiots, who literally do not allow us to work properly. And this is the reason why I've been so pissed off about not being able to work in the uh, entertainment industry for over the past year and a half, because not, you know, one, I'm still like in the same set mindset of, um, I mean, I, you know, I understand Emilio's plight, so I don't want to get sick and bring that sickness to my home, you know, affecting my parents and stuff like that too, my brother and what have you. And then even if, because even though I'm fully vaccinated, you know, like you just said before, all, it all, it all just takes one, you know, like one mm-hmm. person, uh, one person. And then again, theater space is a very small space. Uh, mm-hmm. Even when you're, you know, wearing a, a mask, you know, it, it's still like one of those things. And also, again, also two more, also two more, two points to that. Not, not only do you have to worry about COVID, but all the variants that sprout about because of people not getting vaccinated for it, which is now allowing it to mutate and become worse. And yeah. also, the vaccine is free. It is literally yeah. the closest we will ever get to socialized healthcare in America. It's a free okay. vaccine for crying out loud, people. And the 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 one that created that free vaccine is also the one that well, not the one that created that free vaccine, but the one who, you know. Oh, sorry. I, I I heard screaming in the in the, in the off in the distance that something was happening. But yeah, it's just kids running around. Uh, just classic New York. Oh yeah, just classic New York. Yeah. You know, I don't live in Manhattan, but Brooklyn, 
Well, the, Brooklyn the, gets its fair share of crazy too. Oh yeah, Brooklyn has. Brooklyn just gets its fair share of crazy, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, Emilio, if you all listen to this, I do feel you. Yeah, I do feel, apologize for thinking that you just didn't want to take the vaccine or something like that because of you know either your own personal stance on the vaccine, but yeah, it definitely feels like he had his own personal reasons because of just producers saying that, oh yeah, he'll be fine during the thing and he was still suffering through uh, during production. So yeah, that, and, and even when you're, you know, someone who is like perfectly healthy and all that stuff. And, but yeah, we live in an in- industry that thrives on, on entertaining people and how, and when, but again, this does relate back to our previous story with the ice cube and how he, and for some reason, and again, ice cube does not just doesn't want to take a, a, a thing and he's got to lose a paycheck over it. So yeah, uh, that's enough. And also the intentions are very different too. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, Emilio apologies again, man. And, you know, and hope you're feeling better, man. Wouldn't would not wish COVID on anybody is oh, no. it is just an awful thing to get. It's an awful thing to have to deal with. <sighs> but OK, that, that past 15 minutes was just like a little rush to get through. But it's. It is what it is, and it just bring out a, a truthfulness of the fact that, you know, we are two actors. You know, it's it's hard to do our acting when we're kind of like kept at bay because of personal things, you know, it's, it's much more harder for me because one. <laughs> dramatic pause. Yeah. Dramatic pause as an actor. Because one, it's supremely hard to become an, an actor in New York because again, I still don't, you know, I have the same thing with the, the same reasons is that, you know, even though, it, it, even though, Everyone is like feeling perfectly fine that one day, and then suddenly the next day, you know, once someone could be sick, and then suddenly like, okay, we got to take all this vaccination things and all that stuff. So it definitely feels like, you know, and, and it's the same thing with uh, what's happening in base, uh, baseball. Uh, well, both basketball and football right now. It's like you have two uh, two well-known figures refusing to get the vaccine. Uh, uh, vaccine because they believe well one Kyle Irving is saying that he that, you know that's just, just his personal choice you know I can understand that but Aaron Andrew yeah Aaron Andrews saying he trusts science more than just um, getting the shot or he trusts more than his own personal research <laughs> and just saying that both makes me cough and <laughs> laugh at the same time. I mean, how can you, if you trust your own per, more personal research, right, i.e. actual, you know, putting the, the scientific work over a vaccine that is based on scientific work, uh, I honestly don't, I honestly don't understand that. <laughs> well, I mean, again, it's that whole thing of like people choosing information that only validates their preconceived notions, their beliefs, because that's easier for them to comprehend because they don't though they don't want their world worldview to be challenged. Because that's difficult yeah. for them. Because if their worldview is challenged, then a lot of the times that means they have to essentially reconcile with 
things that they were wrong about or maybe <laughs> how they could have been essentially bad people. And no one wants to see themselves as a bad person, obviously. So it's like you kind of just further dig yourself into this rabbit hole of misinformation because you're going to hope that eventually you're going to be right because maybe something will, you know, say you're right. And then all it takes is enough of that validation to get people to, you know, believe that, hey, I'm right. Like, for instance, like, look, like, look at how many people went out to freaking wherever that was, in like Texas or whatever, because they thought JFK Jr. was going to magically show up. Oh, no, he wasn't dead all along. He was just hiding in plain sight. Like, no, I'm yeah. sorry. No, the dude is like, he, he is dead. I'm sorry, but he is people. And it's like, no, he's not magically coming back from the grave. He hasn't been, he hasn't been alive for 20 years. But all, but honestly, but because enough people believe conspiracy theories, and once someone believes a conspiracy theory, you can't bring them back to reality. Because they'll think the more someone tries to prove them wrong, it just further proves the conspiracy theory. Yeah. All right. Uh, but I feel like our, our discussion for this has run its course. So, so we get into the next uh, discussion. So Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg in uh, uh, Batman, Batman v Superman, Donna Justice, Justice League, and Jack Snyder's Justice League, has come out swinging against DC again. Over this time, over the cancellations of the New Gods. And the New Gods was going to be essentially the, the, the continuation of the story that of Darkseid, his followers, Apocalypse, and New Genesis, which is essentially filled with people who used to be on, who I forgot what the story was about New Genesis. I think New Gen- I think Darkseid and his people were on on New Genesis before he moved into his own personal place as Apocalypse and stuff like that too. And so yeah, uh, Ray Fisher came out saying that uh, Anna De- Deval, I think that's her name. She was originally going to direct the New Gods, and she has come out saying that you know. The film was canceled because of creative differences because of Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League. And Fisher came out swinging, saying that is essentially bullshit because he believes it was canceled because of, what was it? Was it like DC just like essentially not knowing what they're doing? Or Warner Brothers really not knowing what they're doing? Well, it was either that or – hang on. I'll, I'll just ramble on while you oh, find okay. it. Okay, so his his thing, his, uh, his answer was that Walter Ham Adal and, and Toby Emmerich trying to use Zack Snyder's Justice League as a scapegoat for canceling the New Gods – is sad and cowardly. That was... Yeah, that was his tweet that basically said that he's basically the same, but the Duverier... Oh, man, I'm about butchering her name. I'm sorry. She said, I just like DC Comics. I love New Gods, which was the project that got axed. 
the studio decided that they did not want to pursue a certain part of that comic world based on some things that were going on with another film in that world. So I wouldn't. My goodness. That's going to be cut? No. So basically, she didn't want, uh, they didn't want to uh, Yeah. And, and Duver, again, I'm, if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly, I'm sorry, but it's just the way I see it sometimes. But she's basically saying that her project was canceled because it essentially didn't align with what was just pre, which was, was just shown with Zack Snyder's Justice League. Or it may be some other film that they, you know, she's alluding to, but she's probably talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League because the, the only characters that came from the New Gods, like Darkseid, his followers, Apocalypse, all stemmed from Justice League yeah. and Zack Snyder's Justice League or Dawn of Justice. And a lot of the, and a lot of it, you know, I kind of saying, you know, trying to do a, New Gods movie, and then suddenly having to take the backstory or everything else, and just like, oh, you know, here's this movie that just came out. You know, we got you got to use that in order to uh, write the movie and stuff like that too. And mm-hmm. then, and then suddenly that you know, and then the studio decides to pass on because when the movie came out, they didn't like the vision, so it was like we just got to scrap that idea and just go right into the thing but mm-hmm. it goes into goes to show you that dc extended universe really does have a, a very like they're trying to do their own version of the marvel cinematic universe which is you know understandable but at the same time they're doing it in a very roundabout way and they're mm-hmm. focusing more about you know the fun the funness of DC and all that stuff. And yeah, and I understand why Fisher came out saying that, you know, he, they're just using Zack Snyder's Justice League as a scape joke, a scape goat just to cancel the film. Uh, that might be true, but also it might be, uh, also they've been using that as a scapegoat for a while anyway. Yeah. For like it, other stuff too. Yeah. And, uh, and, wow, hang on, you talk while I need to. Okay. Well, yeah, I think it's just a little um, ridiculous to say it's Zack Snyder's fault because, one, he did essentially introduce us to um, Darkseid because when Joss Whedon took over, there was no Darkseid. It was just Steppenwolf and his weird relationship with the mother boxes that borderlined on incestuous. So at least with Zack Snyder's version, one... He actually, we actually do get to see every character have a moment, and we actually do get to be introduced to who the big bad of the future would be. And, and it's like, yeah, you know, we see him in the flashback, and he's like, you know, he's not as strong, but he's younger. Of course, he's not going to be as strong. But again, that's what introduces us to Darkseid, and I don't feel like we actually need a New Gods movie to see more of Darkseid. I feel like you could just use whatever next Justice League movie to show more of Darkseid. 
Yeah, and I, I, think, think, I feel like sending a whole movie just around Darkseid and you know Apocalypse and his followers. There's not. I, I, I honestly don't feel like you're going to be able to do that much with it on its own. I think it also has to do with uh, Marvel having just released Eternals as well, and Etern- Etern- Eternals is basically the same thing as Darkseid, uh, essentially, but the, the New Gods. Where well, it's essentially it's just- Justice League, though. Because that's what, that's how they were hyping it up as. It's like that's how it's been hyped up as. Like this is Eternals is Marvel's Justice League. Hmm. Like that's what I've been seeing the hype around it when they were talking. Like you know when they were talk, like when the talk about this film has been, and that's what people who've seen the movie essentially kind of labeled it as. Hmm. Interesting. Uh. But yeah. I think it also has to do with the fact that New Gods has a rich myth- rich lore and mythology behind every single character. Because, you know, there's literally a guy called Mr. Miracle who could literally escape anything. He's, mm-hmm. he, and when he were, and when he's on Earth, he, you know, poses as a magician because, you know, why not? You know, he is, you know, if his superpower is essentially escaping anything, that's, you know, Pose as a magician, and his wife, Big Bother, is a uh, big, yeah, Broth, Bertha, Bertha, yeah, big, Ber- no, Ber- big Bertha, I think, or big Bother, I think, no, big Bar, big Barber, or Barber, yeah, bar- is okay, uh, that that to- person, yeah, she's like nine feet tall, and they have a loving relationship, so you know. There is a woman called Granny Goodness who, despite the name, is not necessarily the grand, grandmother you thinks she would be, and she's running a a den of assassins, raised of orphans. It's like it's a very hard mythology lore to actually you know get this right on screen, you know. And then there's Darkseid, whose whole stick is that he wants the anti-life equation. And accessing the anti-life equation would essentially bring the the end of all life as we know it for universe. And mm-hmm. that's essentially the, the gist of it. But I think it has to do with the fact that one Darkseid would be too similar to Thanos. Mm-hmm. And, and thus, you know, people are like, oh, this is just like, you know, uh, Infinity War where Thanos has his own crew of people. Then you have, you know, Eternals. Then you have the fact that Jack Kirby's work is so imaginative that it's hard to actually get the stuff actually on paper. Mm-hmm. Like Apocalypse, when you read, oh, Apocalypse is basically a, a ball, a planet of fire. Mm-hmm. And even though it's a planet, but it's a planet of fire, it's not like, oh, it's not like the sun planet of fire. It's like it's a living pa- a planet that's like all industrial. Mm-hmm. So, like the animated we, Justice League movies that they did for so many years, where they when they yeah. do show Apocalypse, you get to see that very industrialized, like dark red planet. Yeah. So, how would you make that uh, look on screen, especially in live action? You know, mm-hmm. the cl- and of course, the only thing that they showed in Zack Snyder's Justice League was the fact that you know it was in a uh, palace of sort, you know, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So, I understand that you know why. Ray Fisher said that, you know, the Warner Bros. was just using the 
Warner Brothers was just using uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League to uh, essentially like scapegoat into not working the thing. But the past few years, barring Justice League, we've had different adaptations or movies that were going to be part of the DCEU that was just canceled outright. You know, there mm-hmm. was Trench that was going to be about essentially those weird sea monsters in Aquaman that ended up being essentially a uh, Black Panther movie. Mm-hmm. And who wouldn't want to see a movie with Yaya as Black Manta essentially dealing with Cthulhu-like figures <laughs> in the deep sea? Yeah. I mean, this, this is going to be like, this would be essentially a deep sea horror movie. And, mm-hmm. you know, a deep sea horror movies are rarely rare because, you know, it, that, that is intended to jive well with superhero content. Yeah. And, you know, then there was the Batman movie with Ben Affleck and, uh, and Joe. Deathstroke. Joe Maganello, yeah. I think his name is. Yeah, Joe Maganello. And he had his own movie, you know, his own Deathstroke movie, which was going to be essentially about him in the League of Shadows, training with Ra's al Ghul and, and Talia and, and stuff like that too. And first off, you know, as much as I love them using Bazagul and stuff like that, having a and this is my gripe, having a main character or some character being, especially if they are in the DC universe, suddenly being, uh, you know, an assassin whatnot, and they suddenly are part of the the League of Shadows or the mm-hmm. League of Assassins, and then. You know, it is a little played out because one, that I know Batman begins it, but that's well, also, also they did that in an animated. They also did that in an animated Batman movie um, where they introduced Damian Wayne yeah. to their animated Batman stuff, and essentially Deathstroke was a part of the, the League of Assassins then in that movie, and he was yeah. just essentially coming back for I guess revenge or power or whatever it was. It was it was an odd movie, and it was odd to have Deathstroke be the kind of villain the way he was styled in that one. Yeah, and but I love the idea. Uh, but Deathstroke is a character that is basically like the anti Wade, you know, Wade Wilson because mm-hmm. he is basically based. He, you know, uh, they kind of have a joke, running joke that Deadpool was based off of Deathstroke, and because mm-hmm. you know, last name is Wilson and stuff like that too. And but having, but being essentially a super soldier for the uh, army, and then finally, you know, and then suddenly using. And then using the, that super soldier serum and whatnot, becoming essentially a super assassin for hire. That's a great story all by itself. But yeah, I am. But for some especially reason, especially how they, tragic his backstory is too. Oh yeah, you know he he loses his his son. Uh, like he loses his son, he loses his daughter. His wife divorces him. Uh, mm-hmm. his, not only that, his wife also shoots out his eye. Or yeah. either shoots either shoots out his eye or claw or stabs his eye out. I forgot which one. It's usually I think it was shooting. I think it was yes. I think it was a shooting the eye out. And and that and that by itself is like a very hard and that could be a hard R movie, especially if you if you like it to like the Rambo movies or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. You know, and the closest one I enjoyed that really does the Deathstroke uh, story well is a DC uh, DC anime movie called Deathstroke: Knights and Demons that actually mm-hmm. deals with not only Deathstroke as a character but also how he got his powers, what he does as a mercenary, his family, or as 
Vin Diesel will say, family. And dealing with people who want to actively kill him, but also, you know, who actively want to kill him, but also want to use his family as a uh, means to kill him. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing. And then, and then we got to talk. And then there's the David Ayer stuff where he just posts like random stuff of the Joker. Like, oh man, you, you imagine what type of movie you would see, but too bad you can't watch it because they took it away. Mm-hmm. Okay, first off, David, I know if you all listen to this, David, because we know you listen to us, David, we know you watch us. <laughs> yes, you watch anything that has, if they're talking about the Joker, about Suicide Squad and Joker, you're part listening. But, David, if you all listening, I know you are a good director, I, I've seen your work on, on Fury. I've seen harsh times. I know, you know, training day and stuff like that too, but you did not write and direct a good movie for DC. It was butchered even, even in your writing. But I understand the pain or a frustration you have of not showing that true movie, but casting Jared Leto as the Joker was a horrible choice overall, mm-hmm. and I really do not. And this is a and this is a, a straight fact. I really do not want to see the same mannerisms of Jared Leto Joker in my face again. Mm-hmm. And then there's this little tease of showing Joker's face up, you know, close up face, and we find out that oh yeah, apparently his eyeball eyebrows have been shaved off, but in the process. Yeah, it's like little ha 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 tattoos around the eyeball. Um, I mean eyebrows. I mean, it's just stressful to try and handle Jerry Lowe's Joker. I mean, and this, goes, and this goes to show you how well Joker is as a character. Jack Nichols and Caesar Romero's Joker, amazing. Because, you know, he's a prankster. He, you know, he, you know, he loves pranking crime and stuff like that, too. But he's still evil mm-hmm. or still a bad guy. Jack Nicholson's Joker. Evil incarnate, but still has a wicked sense of humor. Mark Hamill, same thing. Heath Ledger. Managing to do. I'd say he's even more evil because his character serves as a reflection of the darkness within whoever he, tar- he talks to. Yeah. And. More show with uh, Harvey Dent and uh, Batman too, and exactly. Uh, and then you have uh, Walking Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, Walking Phoenix, Arthur Fleck, and he's just a reflection of the fact that you know, you know, it's not the, he's the a reflection tax- more of our society, if anything. Yeah. yeah, and then you have Jared Leto Strucker, and he's just like. What is he a reflection of? Is he a, a reflection of crime? Is he a reflection of what's happening to a person's psyche? You know, mm-hmm. there is no purpose of that character outside of he is Joker. That's all. No, honestly, the only purpose I can see for his character is that Jared Leto's version of Joker is just a guy who found a gimmick and he stuck with it. That honestly, genuinely really seems like that's all it is. Like he, like he found a gimmick and he committed so hard to it. Yeah. That's because also that's honestly, you can also say that about how he went about it in real life anyway. 
Because he, like, because like you know, he went so hard with this weird gimmick that you know he just did a lot of weird stuff involving, like you know, sending weird gifts to his coworkers that I'm not going to mention because yeah. it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. And also, by the way, David, Jared Little hasn't done anything good since Requiem, Requiem for a Dream. And I apologize for that yapping dog in the background, but seriously, Requiem for a Dream, that was the last good thing he honestly did. He's average or not as good, genuinely. Well, technically speaking, the last thing he did was, uh, okay, I, I will say the Requiem for a Dream, you know, one, one of his last movies that was pretty, okay, yeah. When you think about it, there's was Requiem for a Dream, but, you know, off and on, Jerry Little works when he's in a more supporting role or in a more, uh, yeah, supporting role, or if he is in a independent movie. If he's in both a supporting role and, and starring in an independent movie, he's more better suited. Mm-hmm. But when he's in a more Hollywood movie, I mean, you know, well, just even, like, even with the way he's used in Suicide Squad, you can make that same case. His Joker is a more supportive role because he's not the main. But yeah. he's still. But that's the thing. It's like, and there's the thing you have to ask yourself: Would the roles be any better with someone else? Would you like, for instance, um, take Blade Runner 2049, and yeah. let's say you replace Jared Leto with somebody else to play the character you played in that, and would yeah. you notice? And, and would there be a noticeable difference? Well, yeah, there very likely would be. Because that's the thing. It's like it, it probably would be a more better character, possibly. And that's that, the thing you have to keep in mind. It's like, would the actor themselves, like, if you replace them, then would it, you know? Sorry, I'm just, I'm just gonna shut it. I'm, yeah, my train of thought just derailed. No, no, I, I, I hear you. You know, it's like, and you bring up a good point. Nathaniel Wallace, I think that's how you pronounce his name, but Wallace. He's a small role. He's literally on screen for like maybe 10 minutes, uh, like 10 minutes or so. And you could literally have <clears throat> someone like Gary Oldman play the role and it wouldn't be the same exact thing. It was like, okay, first off, you get Gary Oldman to play the role. You get Gary Oldman Gravitas to the role. Or if you, or, uh, if you wanted to do, um, a reflection of the character, then you have Ryan Gosling play the character in Old Makeup. You know, because or something like that. Yeah. And the thing or, about or, or, the, or the very or even just get an an, an older gentleman who kind of looks like he could be an older version of Ryan Gosling already anyway. Then have yeah. him play the role, and then boom. Yeah, you know, and and especially with the the story with uh, Kay and uh, Wallace and everything else about that movie. You would think that, oh, this guy is probably going to be like the father figure and stuff like that, too. Especially since, you know, uh, Roy Batty and Tyrell was essentially the father figure. I mean, the son, the particle son, the Frankenstein's creature to uh, Tyrell's, you know, doctor. And then, you know, father and son and all that stuff. And then when you meet Wallace in the movie, it's like. He's just this one, he's just this guy who's blind. He doesn't have that much of a backstory. If you had it more of an older gentleman and stuff like that too, that builds up a more mystique too. It's like, oh wait a minute, maybe this guy is the father to uh, Kay. Mm-hmm. But no, they don't do that. You know, it's they again. As much as I love that movie, there are some missed opportunities about that movie. But 
The thing about the Joker in Suicide Squad is that they hype him up more as being the true villain mm-hmm. to the movie as opposed to Carla Delevingne's Enchantress. Mm-hmm. And as much okay, and I do agree that the Joker should have been the main bad guy, mm-hmm. but again, maybe cast someone who has more of a gravitas playing a warped character like the Joker, as opposed to someone who is just gonna be invested in playing a weird character. Exactly. But, because you need, in order to play the Joker, you need to have someone who has the same mindset or at least the same uh, prowess in terms of, hey, you know, this is the Joker. How do I take care of a character like the Joker? Do I think like the Joker? Am I an abusive person to be around with? Am I that evil to be around with? You know, just think about all your choices. But mm-hmm. then you have a character, and then you have these method types that like just like oh man okay I'm I'm being the Joker how do I think like the Joker how do I like maybe I should just send a dead rat to you know whatever and then it's like be more extreme like and I think that's the problem is that people who play the Joker or the people who see the Joker is an extreme version of what they think the Joker is mm-hmm. I think that's the problem and. The Joker in Suicide Squad is an extreme take on what the character should be. Mm-hmm. The character is called the Crown Prince of Crime for a reason. He puts mm-hmm. the laughter and slaughter for a reason. And yep. then, and then when you see him in the movie, he's just like moping around. I miss my holiday. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's like he's moping around. He's not doing anything that is. Hilarious. He's doing what we. He's basically cringing throughout the entire movie, and mm-hmm. it is just like like, like he's like he's basically like some teenager who had his heart broken and he can't move on. Exactly. And to put this in perspective, Harley Quinn's cartoon does a better take on Joker leaving Harley than Suicide Squad does in that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know. They have an episode where the Joker, and well, spoiler alert, the Joker in season one loses his memory. So he pops back up in season two, sans memory. He's in, he, he has no memory. And he meets Harley Quinn again, and he does not know who she is. But, so he's acting like a gentleman and all that stuff. And then when he gets his memory back, it's like all this stuff just like clicks in his mind to is like, oh, I've been a I, you know, I, you know, he. He, he admits his mistakes and suddenly is like, oh, there's an actual change in the Joker. You know, they do it more better in that compared to uh, in Suicide Squad, where he does feel like he's just an emo kid. I mean, emo mm-hmm. kid. An emo teenager just listening to, you know, all of his music and stuff like that, too. And, you know, his friends are like, you know, what are we going to do today, boss? And stuff like that, too. So mm-hmm. it definitely... It definitely feels like, you know, what the hell? Uh, and, and, and honestly, if you want to see a better version of Suicide Squad where Joker is, is basically becomes the villain, watch the animated film, yeah. uh, Suicide, Suicide Squad Assault on Arkham, I believe it was called. Yeah, it is. Where it just starts yeah. off as just them going on a mission for Waller and then Joker basically starts taking over as sort of the, you know, villain of the piece. All right. And 
before we wrap up today, and I, I feel like we've done, we talked about, you know, a lot. So I wanted to give you, your, you all a little hope to something in the future. Uh, Tyler Perry uh, recently shared that he is producing and writing, but not directing, Sister Act 3. And he calls it, we all need that feel good moment in the movies again. Where, oh my God, I left there singing. There's my hope. So, yeah, I love the idea that they're doing Sister Act 3. It, it, we all need that, like, feel-good movie uh, where it does feel like, oh, you know, it, you know, when you watch it, you actually are, like, legitimately, like, legitimately excited to watch a movie. And Sister Act has always been that type of movie that you, when you watch as a kid or watch as an adult now, it's like, you was like, I'm not going to dance. And then, and then suddenly it's like, you just stop bopping along to the music and it's just like, okay, fine. I'm just going to start singing and dancing to, uh, to the songs. So yeah, he says it's the, the movie that we need now. And I agree, you know, that there is that we do need like, the past few years have been very drearly, uh, you know, drearly in terms of like entertainment. It's like, yes, well, there have, yeah, I mean, just dreary in general too. Yeah. And just drearly in general is like even in the the mainstream uh, Marvel DC movie. Well, even in the Marvel movies, it, it's been a little more uh, less. It's like there is fun, but it's like. Like a great example of this is uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. No, Far From Home, uh, the one where he goes for a vacation in Europe. Mm-hmm. It's like he deals with one of the most like he deals with like Mysterio and Mysterio in that movie is like the most demented version of the character I've ever seen, and he's literally trying to like break this kid's spirit, mind, body, whatever you. And and then you you watch something like you know say uh, Ant Man two and it's like that's still a fun movie or if you watch something like um, uh, Shang Chi that's still a fun movie but there's still like there's a darkness in these movies like especially coming into twenty twenty twelve twenty I'm not even saying twenty twelve twenty twenty two where it's just like you know. I am kind of sick and tired of all these, you know, dark and gritty movies. You know, Halloween Kills, which I still enjoy and love. It's like one of the darkest Halloween movies there is. And that's kind of like hard to do because the bar is literally is not set that high for Halloween. Especially in terms of a, especially in terms of the series, you know, the same with, you know, Friday, you know, same with Friday the 13th Nightmare Street, what have you. But, yeah, there hasn't been like a real feel-good movie that hasn't been released, say, up to at least a few years ago. Like the last time I remember being a feel-good movie that was like released and people like really excited to watch was like maybe Mary Poppins Returns, but that's Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but yeah, I'm excited for the fact that Tyler Perry, even though Tyler Perry is writing 
and producing. And Tyler Perry has a hit and miss, hit and miss track record in terms of his movies. But when he puts his mind to it, he does make a lot of great, uh, what I call uh, uh, great feel good moments. Even if in those feel good moments in those movies are heartbreaking in between those other, you know, it's like in between those feel good moments is heartbreaking shit in that movie. But when he does do the feel good moments, it's like at least, you know, it's, it's feel good. You know, it's like I don't have to worry about him like breaking my heart in five more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Hayden, do you have any thoughts of uh, like Sister Act 3 being the feel good movie that we all need? Well, first off, one, I haven't seen any of the other Sister Act movies, and yeah, like, and yeah, again, with oh Tyler Perry's gosh. track record, it is very much something where it's like, maybe it'll be a hit, maybe it'll be, a mess, maybe it'll be a mess, it's hard to tell, it, it's just a coin toss, and I have no opinions on it, I, yeah, I don't know, honestly, because there aren't, there aren't a lot of movies I honestly am hyped up enough to go actually go and see in the theater, like, only, like, really only two that come to mind that I'm actually gonna actually go and see. Spider-Man Far- no, Spider-Man No Way Home and then The Batman in 2022. Like those are generally the only movies that actually motivate me to want to go sit in a theater and pay admission to see this thing. And, and, and oh and there, and speaking of uh, No Way Home, uh there was some spoiler images that, you know, that may be either true or it may be photoshopped or you know, that that's the thing about uh, about Marvel uh, currently. They keep everything well, I mean, so mysterious. I mean, well, honestly, I, I kind of want to say a little bit of something to that because it's like there was a video I saw uh, from this channel called Corridor Crew, and they were essentially doing a VFX artist react special kind of thing where they were debunking the claim that some of the video we saw of Andrew Garfield was um, essentially Photoshop or deep faked because <laughs> it is not actually easy to do it. And honestly, first off, if you want to actually learn more about how deep baking works, go check out Corridor Crew. They have a whole video dedicated to it. It will probably, by the end of it, you will essentially be spoiled to it because, one, we've already seen the video anyway, but they essentially do confirm that, no, it's not deep baked because Hmm. to actually do it, it takes so much work. And honestly, for someone to be able to do it like this, like for it to, yeah, there's no way it's it's deep baked. And, yeah, just go check out that video, Corridor Crew, about the um, Spider-Man leaks. It came out like a, I want to say a month or two ago. Well, yeah. Uh, as of right now, I mean, they are they they there needs to be at least some feel good movies uh, coming in the in, in the next like say a couple of years because if uh, this track three happens to be one of them, then please by all means, Harry Perry, make that movie for us because I, I'm just kind of like sick and tired of seeing very drearily gritty type of you know. Gloomy, you know, type of gloomy movies, you know, movies should be fun. And I think movies should, I, and I think movies need to be fun again. And on that note, I think that's a good way to end the movie. And, 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 what, you ready to say something? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with jury as long as you actually do the story right and don't just make it dark hmm. for the sake of dark. Like, that's the thing. As long as you're making a dark movie and actually has a story purpose, great. If you're doing it just for the sake of doing it, don't waste our time then. Yes. And on that note, I think that's a great way to end the episode. Uh, this has been Downstage with Brian Hayden. Uh, I'm, of course, Brian M. Davis. That has been Hayden Loomis. Uh, I, I have no idea how to end these uh, episodes, but uh, yeah, that's my sign off. Hayden, what's your sign off? <laughs> hip, hip, the doodly do. <laughs> and take care, everybody.